0: Hi, friends. This is George Denholm. In our podcast today, we discuss Growing Deeper with our guest, Jake Kronauer. At the end of this discussion, Jake shares a very personal story about how he and his wife, Nicole, have not been able to get pregnant. We know this is a very emotional subject for some of you, so we wanted to give you some advance notice. Also, if you have struggled with fertility issues and you would like to connect with someone to talk to, we can help you out. You can send us a note at gotquestions at stpeters-columbus.org. I'll repeat this address at the end of the broadcast.
1: Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 Podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship.
0: We hope you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior.
1: This week, we will be talking with Jake Cronauer as we discuss growing deeper as part of our Vision 28 to grow younger and deeper in Christ. So Jake, thanks for joining the podcast today. Can you just kind of get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So... My
2: wife, Nicole, and I have been members at St. Peter's uh, since 2018 when we got married. Prior to that, I was living in Seymour, Indiana at the time, which is where she's from, and that's how we met, and kind of working backwards even before that, graduated from. Purdue University, West Lafayette, so very proud Boilermaker. Yeah, everybody has to bring up that Purdue when they've graduated from there. Yeah, especially if you take any math classes there, it's one of the more difficult programs because I'm pretty sure that they just design it to weed you out. But at any rate, graduated from there with a degree in chemical engineering, and I'm originally from Avon on the west side of Indianapolis. Grew up going to our Shepherd Lutheran Church. And so you've been a Lutheran all your life. Yep, I've been blessed enough to be Lutheran all my life. On my mom's side, there's a bunch of uh, LCMS Lutherans. Her dad is from Perry County, Missouri. Which, those of you that are not originally Lutheran, that is the
0: seat of the original Germans coming over and settling and starting our denomination.
2: Yes. Yeah. And he, he was very, very proud of being from Perry County. And my grandma, she's from Stuttgart, Arkansas, which is where my mom was born. And then on my dad's side, his parents actually were born in Germany and then moved over to Canada after the war and then settled in northwest Indiana. my parents are high school sweethearts. And my dad's side, I know that this might be strange to say, but he actually grew up Catholic and they're still very strong Catholics. Or at least my Oma, who is still alive, she's very strong Catholic and that whole side of the family over there is. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing because uh, and
0: we always think that like Germany's all the Lutherans, but it was there's a very strong uh, Catholic contingency because that's one of the things. Like Cincinnati's got a lot of uh, mm-hmm. German Catholics, right?
2: Oh yeah, and uh, Oma and Opa, what we call for Grandma and Grandpa, they're from the southern half of Germany, which historically has been very strongly Catholic. So it's more the northern Germans, which are the Lutherans. So that's what we tend to think about as the northern part of Germany.
0: Yeah, that's, that's sometimes our, our Lutheran elitism, maybe. They think that the
2: whole country is German, or is Lutheran so the whole country of Germany? Yeah, since I got the privilege to go over there as a kid, I kind of grew up thinking that Germany was this all Catholic country. So I had a very different perspective on it. And Jake, something interesting about you that I think we could share right here is Mm -hmm. you are a home brewer. Is that correct? Yes, indeed. In fact, I have one batch that's in the fermenter right now. I don't have my next batch scheduled, but it's definitely a labor of love. It fits in perfectly with my chemical engineering and my desire to, to be able to grow stuff or build stuff around the house or just kind of tinker with things a perfect hobby to keep me busy. And I think that you've even grown some of your own hops too in your backyard. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So we, my wife and I just recently moved into a new house on the north side of Columbus and on our old house, we had three different hop varieties, three individual plants. And I just placed an order for more plants for the new house. So I'm excited for those to come in in a month or two and then be able to plant those. Have you used any of those in your brews yet,
0: or have you not had enough product? I don't know how that works with the, what you use on the plant.
2: Yeah, so I actually had just enough from one of the harvests last year from the saws hop to be able to put that into the Kolsch plus a couple of other hops that I had left over for, from some other batches, and it turned out really well. We don't want to get again too geeky on the
0: on the beer stuff either, <laughs> but uh, I've had the pleasure to be the guinea pig of trying some of
2: those beers, and uh, you've done a great job, I think, with uh, the, some of your different varieties. Well, I appreciate it, and I always appreciate the feedback, even if it's negative. And in which case, then I tend to ask George even more if he wants some of the beer. <laughs> <laughs> You're great. And so now, Jake, your
0: mom, as a Lutheran, was
2: a Lutheran school t- teacher, is a Lutheran school teacher. Uh, she was for. Oh, some number of years. I want to say twenty-five ish. She did her student teaching in Wisconsin, and then she taught for several years before I was born at Emmaus Lutheran School in Indianapolis, and then she taught at Our Shepherd Lutheran School for a whole bunch of years up until the last three years ago. And did you ever have your mom as a teacher? No, I never did. So she taught kindergarten the entire time that she was at Our Shepherd. And she started there full-time when I was in first grade. And I think that part of that is she didn't want that conflict of interest. Sure.
0: I had one year when I was in third grade, or second grade, where my aunt was my teacher. And so Mm -hmm. I know that it's always a unique situation. Oh, yeah. So we could go on talking forever about other things, but we probably want to get into the topic. And, and so right now on the, the Grow Five By2" podcast series, we're looking at our vision for St. Peter's for 2028. The largest portion of our vision has to do with growing younger and growing deeper. And last episode, we talked to some young ladies about growing younger. And we had Jake on to grow deeper because I know from talking to Jake in different settings that his spiritual development has always been important. So let's go back a little bit to just the concept, Jake. Sure. When we talk about growing younger and deeper,
2: to you, when you hear that, what does that mean? Kind of one of the things that I've noticed, especially for people, context for those who might not know me i'm in my young 30s one of the things that i've noticed for people my age is there's definitely lower church attendance and church involvement than there is in some of the people that are our parents age or older so what that means to me is finding a way to stop essentially, and I'm speaking more nationally than St. Peter's specific, but to find a way to stop hemorrhaging our youth, especially when they get into their college years, then one of the other things that I think that, or one of the ways that I think that we can do this is to be able to help build those relationships um, that are intergenerational. So when I was growing up in, at Our Shepherd, one of my favorite things being a social butterfly especially was to be able to go to talk to some of my some of the people that were my parents age some people that were my grandparents age some people that were even older than that and I thought it was always cool and I would I mean this even goes back to when I was three years old we went to um uh, Christ Lutheran in Brownsburg at the time and I would stand right next to pastor after the service and shake everybody's hand on the way out. And I mean, obviously, I didn't completely know what I was doing, but that to me, it was obviously important all the way back then to be able to have those intergener- intergenerational relationships. And I think that that's, that's a way to make it feel like the church is more of a family as opposed to some activity that you're involved with.
1: Yeah, I think that's a cool point to bring up because I think for us, maybe younger generations, you know, we can enjoy that because we get to learn and get mm-hmm. to ask questions. And but at the same time, I think uh, I've seen, I see older generations kind of re-energized, you know, when, when there's younger people involved and excited about serving Jesus and learning about Jesus. And so I think that works both ways for sure. I think it helps us as the younger generations and even younger than you know, than Jake and I to, to learn from and to kind of help us build and grow in our faith the same, the same time on the other side is for the older generations to, to learn from us too and from learn from the younger generations. But I think it's, it's cool to see that kind of re-energize and revitalization for sure.
0: Yeah. And again, I would just add into that, you know, the folks that hear that and say growing younger, does that mean we're not concerned about the older people? Just to, to jump on your point, you know, when younger people are around, it re-energizes the church. I know that personally I do some internship work for Concordia, in Nebraska, and just working with young interns just refreshes me to want to do better in my job. Uh, as a as a DCE here at St. Peter's. And so I think that same thing can happen in church, that that those young people energize the, the older generation. The older generation gives those younger people that, hey, I'm important. So, yeah. Well,
2: and I also have the perspective, being an only child, that I was essentially forced to grow up around people that were my parents' age because that's who they typically hung out with. Obviously, I had my friends my age, but... I, I got a lot more exposure than your average kid would to adults, so I kind of have the perspective of there's a lot that the older members in the congregation can still teach us younger members. Like, they've they've been through that stuff before that we might not have been through. So to me, that's very valuable as well.
1: Absolutely, to pass that on. So as we're kind of talking about, you know— you know, growing younger and deeper, and obviously for this episode, more focusing on the growing deeper. Can you kind of share some of the different uh, resources you've used to grow deeper in your knowledge and your faith?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So starting in college, I was involved in the National Lutheran Fraternity, which is Beta Sigma Psi. And that really, I, I think that was one of the best choices that I could have made at school because going to a school that was as big as Purdue, it helped to really shrink everything down very quickly. So I didn't feel like I was one in a million that were up there. I felt like I was more one of 30 or 40 that were up there. When you, and I lived in the fraternity house right away, And so when I would get done with some of the first classes, like I'd already kind of built up some of those relationships with some of the guys that were there. I I thought it was the coolest thing of just being able to go home and feel like you're actually at home as opposed to well, I'm back at my dorm and I don't know most of the people that are here. It just had that very comfortable, very strong comfortability factor to it. I I think a lot of those guys, they were in our wedding um, still keep in contact with them regularly. So that was, that was kind of that baseline setting Uh, through my college years
0: so that sounds to me kind of jake like you're hitting another one of our topics we're going to be talking about in a couple weeks about compelling community Mm -hmm. that's setting up that compelling community you know in our church between generations but also just to make it feel smaller because this is a Mm -hmm. big church just like you went to a big university
2: yeah absolutely and and it's very helpful to find ways to sort of shrink that down going back to your original question of uh some of the different resources there's i I'm sure like any Christian, there's been moments in my life as well where, you know, I'll face doubt and trying to, um, uh, especially after college out on my own, trying to understand, you know, is my faith something that I have because that's what I believe, or is that something that I have because that's who I, or that's how I was raised. And these are the people that I associate with. I think that a lot of Christians go through that in those years, trying to Kind of find themselves, and so some of the different resources that I used at that point were reading a case for Christ by Lee Strobel, and also um, looking a lot of the looking at a lot of the resources that J. Warner Wallace has in uh, Cold Case. Christianity really helped to solidify the whole. Okay, I definitely know that this is this is rock solid truth. And then from there, what I've really been listening to is a lot of different podcasts of the Word of the Lord endures forever by Pastor Will Whedon, Thy Strong Word from KFUO Radio. I listened to a few different issues, etc. podcasts. Also, following the Bible reading program and the D group that I'm involved in, kind of a blend of all of those resources has been how I've been trying to deepen my faith. So let's go a little bit. You'd mentioned D group and,
0: and we've mentioned that a, a, a periodically on this podcast. Explain a little bit about what D group is, because you were originally part of a test pilot and then mm-hmm. you've gotten back into it recently as you're, you've had some more time in your schedule because you finished a master's program. I don't, I don't want to brag on Jake, but, <laughs> uh, you know, he worked full time and, and finished his master's. But uh, tell
2: us about that D group experience a little more. Yeah. So D group, for those that are unfamiliar, it stands for discipleship group in the context that I've been a part of, it's been a group of five guys that we're able to share different life challenges and struggles and joys with each other, but also really dive deeper into God's Word, do different Bible studies together. The goal of this is not necessarily to be in the same D group for a very long time, but to be able to equip you with the tools to be able to bring other people into uh, another d group to be able to strengthen their faith in turn and then jake you didn't mention it but i
0: know that you and your wife also uh, study the word together is that yeah. correct
2: yeah I, I we're we're obviously not like everybody else we're not perfect about it but as as often as we can we are trying to study the word or if nothing else like we're going through the readings after sunday and we'll talk about either different things that we noticed or talking about the sermon of different points with the D group uh, there's been different readings like we just a few weeks ago finished up uh, the gospel of John I always think it's absolutely hilarious and I'd be able to share this with my wife think it's hilarious that John makes a point of noting that he beat Peter to the empty tune and so like being able to pick up on those different personalities and those different like oh well yeah 2,000 years later nothing's changed um, <laughs> typical guys that sort of thing I, I I, being able to share those conversations with her is how we've been able to grow spiritually as well.
0: Okay. Great. So if you were to encourage somebody else, a young adult of your age, or, or even somebody of a different generation, what are some things that you would do to encourage somebody that, that wants to grow deeper?
2: Yeah, so I I think one of the big things... That they can do is to just try to find those moments where you can set aside time for diving into scripture. For me personally, I've got a 30 minute commute each way, so I have time to be able to listen to podcasts. I also work at a job that is pretty stationary and work at my desk a lot. So, on those different tasks where like I don't need too much brain power and I can just kind of click through or do whatever on, I tend to turn the podcast on and I am able to utilize that time as well. And then it kind of grows from there of like it, it piques that interest of, Oh, okay, well I heard this and I want to be able to go look at the study Bible that I have and be able to try to find all the different notes. And I'm very interested in history. So I like being able to read all the different historical notes that they have in the study Bible as well. So that's, that's kind of the big thing that I think is to just try to find that time, even a, even as small as five minutes, to be able to dedicate to reading scripture. One of the other things that Nicole and I have done for each other is we've set limits for each other for social media on our phones, and so she has the password for my phone, I have the password for hers, and then that helps it to where we've still got some time to where we can go on social media, but we, if we, go over that amount of time, we have to justify it to each other. And that takes out about 90% of it of, well, I really shouldn't be on this. I need to to go do something else. And that frees up a lot of time compared to when we didn't have those time limits on and you just kind of get sucked in. So you have kind of an accountability partner built in with Nicole, but
0: somebody that wouldn't be married could find another person, maybe in a D group or even another fellow Christian they know that could... Hold them accountable.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The The D group has, especially as to you, uh, your point earlier of rejoining a D group, that's been extremely helpful because I would say now I'm a lot better about doing the daily readings because I feel like I have that accountability from the other four guys in our group to yeah, we, we're going to meet on a Monday night and we need to have everything read by then. So in order for me to not spend all day Monday reading through the scripture, I need to be able to budget my time accordingly and make, make this a high priority.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, just because social media obviously can be concerning, it can be a don't get me wrong, it can be very beneficial, but obviously can turn very quickly as to your point into a time time waster of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just look at this for a couple of minutes that it's you know, you look at it, oh, that's th- that was thirty minutes ago that I said that, you know, it can go real fast. Um but I think the other thing is, you know, that can be TV, movie like that can be so many different things. So I think it's important knowing kind of for us each person to be aware of like Kind of what is that thing and it's not to you know because you know binging netflix or whatever but it's not to be like this legalistic thing and like you you said it's important i think to have that accountability but just to be prioritizing like what are, are we prioritizing you know our intentional time and in the word and prayer time and, and all of that And i think that's just important for each person to to be thinking about okay where's the You know, am I prioritizing this and to make sure that these things aren't drawing me away from God? And to add to your points about growing deeper, for me, I think some things that have really helped me in a lot of the same ways, you know, a lot of it's the five by two. I mean, it's the spending time in scripture. It's being in a discipleship group and having guys that can hold me accountable and talk through life's challenges and and how do we apply the gospel to all life, those types of things. Um, but I think two, the, the two of the five by two that sometimes we don't think about is the blessing others, blessing others and meaningful conversations. I just wanted to bring those and add that to your, your points, because I think sometimes when we do those things, it it at least for me it had to, I had to step out of my comfort zone to do that and by doing that and listening to the spirits prompting in times where I was like I really don't want to do this but alright God I'm going to trust you in this then I did grow because I had to trust on him and rely on him where it's like okay this is outside of my capability but God you're calling me to it so I'm going to trust in you and I, I feel like through those situations whether it was blessing others or having meaningful conversations that I ended up growing in ways I didn't even realize I needed to grow
2: well and You bring up the point of blessing others. Nicole and I and our friends outside of church, we have several friends that are at various points on on their faith walk, and there are several of them who have either decided that they don't want to be involved with church at all or just kind of have lapsed in their attendance and it's not really a priority, or some who are very strongly against the church. And we've you know, obviously, for us that that hurts for us. But at the same time, like we want to use that opportunity to to show our faith and be that witness to them, because you know several of them have had negative experiences with the church in general in their life in the past, and we want to be as best as we can be uh, that positive experience for them
0: now jake you 've asked for a couple of minutes to talk about a real sensitive topic, and it 's kind of on, on a tangent <clears throat> and I hate to do this we 've been kind of really digging into digging deeper, but I think there 's some application here now you 've gotten permission from your lovely bride to share this. You and Nicole have had some pregnancy issues, mm-hmm. including a miscarriage how and that that 's a topic we could spend a whole podcast and more talking about. But like when we bring it into this area of, of of our faith life and growing deep in our faith, how have you been able to cope with that situation because of things you've done to grow your faith? You know,
2: can you just share a little bit? I know you've probably got all kinds of emotions running around. What, what, what would you like to share with us? Sure, sure. So for a little bit of background, Nicole and I had been, or at this point, we've been trying for kids for Two and a half years, and about a month ago we found out that we had miscarried when we thought that we were pregnant, and we were just getting ready to tell people so obviously that was that was a huge blow and it's still even now it's still kind of one of those take it day by day sort of things. One of the big struggles that we've noticed for our whole infertility journey is. We feel uh, we'll hear of different couples that we're close to that will have announced that they're expecting a kid, and we think that the reasonable human loving friend response would be to be excited for them. But the infertility struggles have kind of taken that out of it, and so that's that, that's been really tough because you want to be very excited for your friend, but at the same time, like every time that you hear that, it's just a constant reminder of where you're not at. So it's it's this knife in the chest sort of feeling, and then you also feel like a horrible friend because you're not immediately excited for them. So that's, it's certainly been a challenge for both of us, but especially in the context of the miscarriage, Pastor Cordray was kind enough to meet me for coffee one morning after it had happened and one of the things that he mentioned was if you look in 2nd Samuel chapter 12 verses or beginning at verse 15 going to 23 it talks about how king david lost the child and was very very prayerful that god would spare the child and that didn't end up happening but we're assured that that child was in heaven and pastor kudrey continued that of you know scripture is silent and obviously we don't want to speak for scripture but knowing that we have a all powerful and all merciful God, we feel very confident in knowing that our child is in heaven and is getting to enjoy the company of the six of their six great grandparents that are already up there. So that's been, that's been a huge comfort for us. Obviously it still, still really hurts, but when we had miscarried at six weeks and at that stage, if you miscarry, it tends to be because there was some sort of developmental issue and it wouldn't have been a viable pregnancy. So knowing that we, we quickly realized that, you know, while we were confused, angry with God for, uh, causing that or for allowing that to happen, not causing that, but we were, we were upset, but then we realized, no, this isn't, God allowing the miscarriage to happen from a negative standpoint. This is God showing his mercy to spare that child of all of the pain that would have come with developing further in a unviable manner. Um, cause the s- central nervous system hasn't developed yet by that point. So they can't feel the pain, but had they had the child been around for a few more weeks, they would have. And, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things that you think about that and you're like, God, thank you for for sparing that kid that and sending him straight to heaven.
0: So for those of us that are around you, what are some things that, you know, maybe those, those of us that are trying to support
2: friends who are going through that, mm-hmm. how do we help you with that? Uh, the biggest thing is just allowing allowing Nicole and I the space to be able to either vent our frustrations or just talk the, like you mentioned the, the emotions are all all over the place. So I can't tell you from one day to the next as to how exactly we're going to feel. And if there's other couples who have gone through the same thing, I'm sure they feel the same way. We always appreciate that people encourage us that, you know, God's got it in control. Sometimes it does sound like a broken record, obviously, but one of the big things that, can probably for other people uh, probably be phrased differently and be more helpful is uh, not saying phrases such as "Well, you know, God will grant you a child." It's well, you you look like scripturally, there's no Jacob and Nicole Cronauer in 2,000 years. You're going to like that's obviously not in there. So we don't have that direct promise from God that we're going to have a child. Maybe maybe the future would include adoption for us. We, we certainly haven't ruled it out. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the way that God's trying to direct us. But I, I, going back to your main question, I think the biggest thing is to just prayerfully support us, whether we're uh, around you guys or not. For those who do have younger children, please keep inviting us to things. We love, we love spending the time with the children it it does help quite a bit so I know that some people will try to hold off on inviting because they're like well you know we don't want to we know that you guys are struggling we don't want to have that as a constant reminder for Nicole and I at least it is a very helpful thing just being able to be around the kids so we we thoroughly enjoy that and the main thing is just keep praying for us do you have advice for other couples that are going through this about things that again that have helped you through this yeah so kind of Beating the same drum as the previous question, have a a support group that you can uh, that can pray for you and that you can share things with. I know it's been especially beneficial for both Nicole and I to have friends outside of our marriage that we can share different things with. Like I've got several of my friends that I went to Purdue with that, whenever we'll go over the doctor and we'll get a certain piece of news, like we'll be able to share a little bit of that with them. And one of my Friends that I do share w- that with, uh, he and his wife also had miscarried. He has that experience to where he can be very supportive and can help, and it's it's been tremendously beneficial for us. Nicole's the same way, so, but
0: there again, there's some differences too. I, I think you seem to be a person that likes to talk about stuff, and maybe mm-hmm. Nicole's not. She maybe holds some of those, some of those emotions closer to the vest.
2: Yeah. It. it, it. Um, It definitely varies by person. You know, obviously some people are not going to want to share that as much. We've found that it is helpful to at least have a few. It doesn't need to be a large group. You don't need to obviously broadcast it to everybody. But it is helpful to at least have those few people that you can still share that grief with because otherwise all the stress and all the anger and the emotions can boil over and it can affect your marriage very easily. And that's one thing I've been so thankful to have in our marriage is that uh, release to talk to other people to where it hasn't impacted our relationship.
0: Again, this is a deep topic that we could go on forever. And and Jake, I'm glad that you've uh, felt comfortable sharing that with us. And again, hopefully those folks that are listening can take some advice from that, whether they are friends of of folks that are having uh, uh, pregnancy issues or whether they are going through it themselves, Uh, that having good Christian friends and being able to have some meaningful conversations with people who love you is very important. Uh, We got to kind of wrap it up here. I, I know that we're in the middle of this topic, but uh, uh, again, Jake, maybe that you and Nicole would feel comfortable later on having a specific uh, podcast episode with the two of you sharing some of those things you've learned in the process and, and uh, helping others through it. Dustin, you have any closing remarks?
1: Yeah, I just, Jake, thank you, man, for, for being here and um, just being open and, sh- and sharing with us. Um, you know, just really appreciate you doing that because um, everyone's going through something, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it's not to the extent of, of what you and Nicole are experiencing right now, but uh, just thank you for sharing um, about your story, but also sharing how you 've grown deeper in your faith and in um, your knowledge because I think it 's important for all of us to to be able to continue to do that and to find those ways to keep connecting with God. Cause again, we all have things that we're going through in different seasons of life. And again, and maybe it's not to the extent of what you guys are going through, but I just think it's important that we, we keep clinging to God. We mm. keep clinging to Jesus, no matter what we're going through the ups, the downs and to your point of the community and the having that compelling community around you and those people that you can lean on and that um, can be there for you. So, yeah, I mean, I just want to say thank you for, for sharing your story today. So, um, As we close out here, we just, again, thank you, Jake, and we're going to continue to look forward to discussing growing younger and deeper in Christ here in these uh, future episodes.
0: Now go out and serve God and others. Again, if you have struggled with fertility issues, we can help you to find some support. You can send us a note at gotquestions at stpeters-columbus.org. That's gotquestions, one word, gotquestions, at stpeters, one word, s-t-p-e-t-e-r-s, hyphen, columbus.org. questions at stpeters-columbus.org. You don't have to go through this emotional struggle alone. There are plenty of people that would like to talk to you. Contact us and let us help you find those people.